Welcome to Day 228, Shaped by the Word, Season 2. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe, Matt Kresge, and Cindy Kemp. And uh, we come, at any of you that uh, know me, uh, we come to a book I deeply treasure, the book of Isaiah. Uh, one of the most fascinating books in all of Scripture. Is, uh, it's beautiful for its literary uh, content and poetry. It's just a masterpiece of, of, of Hebrew poetry and Hebrew culture, but it's also beautiful for its theology. Uh, Isaiah will take us all the way from you know creation uh, you know through God's covenant with Israel into the restoration and the renewal the, the entire of biblical theology will be covered uh, in it. It, it. It's absolutely amazing. This is almost you know for me the one you know that if I had one book and I could go on a desert island this would be the one that I would take but you would have to know Old Testament history and you would have to know New Testament mm-hmm. to be able to read it with the eyes of which it becomes remarkable. Historically, we're, we're a little bit out of place. We have just taken Israel to their return from exile or the rebuilding of the wall and the re- rebuilding of you know, the temple. And uh, they're eagerly awaiting God to complete that work of renewal. Uh, Isaiah actually takes us back about you know, 300 years. You know, so we, we were jumping backwards in chronology you know, to the time of Isaiah. But uh, as we jump backwards in chronology, the visions of Isaiah set us up for the New Testament. Uh, the visions of the coming Christ, uh, the visions of the suffering servant of Christ, the vision of God's renewal not only of Israel but of all creation. So uh, even though we move backwards in chronology, we move forward in our vision mm-hmm. of who God is and what he will do you know, through Isaiah. You're going to notice a rhythm of Isaiah. He'll pronounce judgment and hope judgment than hope and, and of course that's certainly where israel is this is uh, this is sort of the beginning of an end as he's prophesying he doesn't live you know to see the end uh he was actually uh, tradition has killed under one of the kings of judah uh, saw it in half uh, the writer of hebrews is possibly mentioning that you know and, and some of when he says some of them were sought in half you know by manasseh he is also different you know from other prophets in that he is uh part of royalty he's uh, raised in jerusalem in the court of the kings uh where amos uh you know who'd have been one of his contemporaries was a, a dresser of figs you know somewhere out in the country uh, you know isaiah is right in the heart of it so as we turn to this book and, and we'll not be able to cover this you know nearly as, as well as we should i'm already thinking if we do a season three of shaped by the word <laughs> may just do the prophets, you know, and spend a year in the prophets of, you know, thinking through how they, you know, give us a vision of Christ. Uh, Before we do this, uh, David, why don't you lift us up? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for your word. We thank you for those who have gone before us, um, those who faithfully spoke your word um, to your people, um, to to yes, at times judge them, but to give them hope as well. And so thank you for the hope that Isaiah offers us as it points us to Christ. May you give us eyes to see. May you give us ears to hear. Um, And may we be, um, as your people, um, renewed in the hope of Christ. Um, We desperately need Christ. Um, And so may we see him now and and behold him. And uh, and in that, may you receive uh, much glory. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
and the vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of Amos, uh, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear me, you heavens, listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey, its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. Why should you be beaten any more? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted. From the sole of your feet to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with olive oil. Your country is desolate, your cities burned with fire, your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you, laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. Daughter Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hut in a cucumber field, like a city under siege. Unless the Lord had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I've had more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams, and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the bloods of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feast and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now. Let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She was once full of justice. Righteousness used to dwell in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. They all love bribes and chase after gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. Therefore the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the Mighty One of Israel declares, Ah, I will <clears throat> vent my wrath on my foes and avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all your impurities. I restore your leaders as in the day of old, your rulers as at the beginning. After you be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion will be delivered with justice, her penitent ones with righteousness. But rebels and sinners will both be broken, and those who forsake the Lord will perish. You will be ashamed because of the sacred oaks in which you have delighted. You will be disgraced because of the gardens that you have chosen. You will be like an oak with fading leaves, like a garden without water. The mighty man will become tender and his works a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire. That's a pretty vigorous opening to a book. And, uh, you know, the descriptions are 
unbelievable. And, and of course, even the way that you catch them in English, you know, they, they, they have a nice literary flair to him as he uses images, uh, you know, that evoke our passions. But uh, in, in Hebrew, I understand I'm no Hebrew scholar. I could barely, <laughs> barely punch my way through on this, but I understand it's an even greater literary work. Uh, and, and now all of its beauty uh, and all of that. So you have him um, announcing to Israel, and of course, uh, you know the line that uh, the line uh, that uh, has always stood out to me. You know, who has asked this of you? All this trampling of my courts. In other words, you're doing a lot of religious stuff, and that's not you know, what I ask of you. And of course, their response can be, "Well, Lord, it's just Leviticus. All we're doing is Leviticus." And they said, "No, you're not." You're, you're not even close to doing uh, Leviticus or anything, mm-hmm. you know, that I've asked of you. You're just going through the motions and then going your own way. And then you're going your own way. It's full of injustice. Yeah. yeah I mean, what a, mm-hmm. there's so many images. I mean, from the rulers, you know, mm-hmm. my people are, what does he call them? The rulers of Sodom, you know, you mm. get, what a, I mean, that's like one of the worst things you could be called if you're an Israelite at this time, you know, that the uh, rulers are acting. And no. and so the streets are full of injustice. The people are trampling the courts as if they can just do anything they would, you know, want and worship. And the Lord's saying, you know, man, your hearts are far from me. It's just an indictment on the people of God right here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard not to want to highlight pretty much everything he says. No, yeah, I, I think my nails pretty much highlighted <laughs> all the way through. It. Uh, it's so it's going to be hard to pick up, you know, it's going to be hard to pick up on the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but it is, you know, the, uh, you know, the whole idea, and in, in, in you're right, uh, you know, usually when we compare ourselves to others, we, we come out, you know, looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, and so Israel's default, you know, mode would be, if you want to talk about an unrighteous nation, uh, you know, talk about the city-states of Sodom and the city-state of, you know, Gomorrah. Now, that's unrighteous. And God said, no, that's you. Mm-hmm. That's you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may not have committed the same sins, but their heart is every bit as far from God as, as were Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay. And it also says if God hadn't been kind to us, he would have wiped us out the way he yeah. wiped them mm-hmm. out. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, I guess these people are like, well, we're offering the sacrifices that you've asked, but, you know, he's telling them in 17 to learn to do right, seek justice, and defend their press. So there's sort of those echoes of Micah that come to mind where he says, um, when when he tells them, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. So, I mean, here they are offering the uh, the sacrifices and offerings saying, well, you required these. He's like, no, this is what I required, that you do this, that you mm. love mercy, act just, and walk humbly. So. And this is, you know, obviously there's a strain we so miss that God is a, a champion of the poor and, and yeah. the oppressed. And if we have his heart and if the gospel's had its full effect in us, we will be as well. And, uh, you know, if there's anything, you know, God hates, it's going through the motions and complacency mm-hmm. about, you know, the plight of, you know, the plight of others around us. And, of course, that is, you know, uh, later, you know, Isaiah is going to say, that's the fast I required of you, mm-hmm. not just sprinkling dust on your head and sackcloth on, you know, putting sackcloth in your rack, but to really mm-hmm. uh, allow everything that I am to uh, have an effect in your life and, and, and to change the way that, you know, to change the way that you respond. No, I mean, what a, I mean, it's a, it's a scary thing. It's a kind of a, a trembling thing to think you can be doing all these kind of religious things and yet 
the response of God is, I hate those with all my being. Even when you pray, I'm not even mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. You know, just to be so caught up and then to miss the very heart of who he really is and, mm-hmm. and what he really desires of his people, which he obviously shows us, which even that one line, you know, in verse 16, you know, he, he's kind of indicting them, but also, you know, wash and make yourselves clean. And we know that's going to be a, a big piece to come that, you know, to be the people of God, that that's a grace of God to do that work in, in their lives and and to do that cleansing. And then, you know, that points us to Christ and mm-hmm. he's the one that does wash us and, and make us clean. And even when he's, you know, in John 13, he's washing his disciples' feet and, you know, Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet. And then Jesus says, well, unless I wash you, you know, you have no part of me. And mm-hmm. so there is that deep kind of uh, point to Christ oh, yeah. that he's the one that does this great work in us mm-hmm. that gives us a true heart to truly live out what God desires, and, and there's, and, and of course, you have to notice a nice juxtaposition in the text. Mm-hmm. He describes their sins in as graphic a language as it possibly could have, you know, been described. Mm-hmm. And you almost, you know, say if if we're really Sodom and if we're really Gomorrah, and you know, if we're really going through the motions, then then, then we're beyond help. But of course, that that's not the message of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. You know, he follows it. I'm just going to pick up, you know, where you did, David. And, and he didn't only say, I won't hear your prayers. He said, I'm hiding my face from your prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, uh, but even in verse 16, he says, wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil di- deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now. Let, let's settle this matter. Though your sins are like scarlet, they should be white as snow. They're red as crimson. They should be like wool. Well, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. And this is just Joshua. I hold, I hold before you life and death. Or Moses before Joshua and Joshua after him. You know, choose life that you may live. And God is always holding out restoration, uh, cleansing, repentance. And, and what a beautiful picture it is. Mm-hmm. So we will get, you know, we, we're not going to read all of Isaiah, unfortunately, but we will get a lot of, uh, a, a lot of this rhythm of both judgment and invitation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Rather than experience the judgment, let us respond to the invitation mm-hmm. in humility and repentance. Matt, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you are a God who is just, a God who is good, and, and a God who um, delights in those who are yours. Father, we um, we hear the words of Isaiah, and we're reminded um, of the depth of our sin, but, but also um, reminded of the the beauty of your salvation. And, and so, Father, would we, as we continue to confess and, and repent, um, would we find life in you? Would we be reminded of all that you've done in Christ Jesus to rescue us and redeem us? Um, and, and, Father, would that um, would that transform us today? Thank you um, for the grace we do have. Thank you for the words of Isaiah that remind us that you are a God um, who who is just, a God who delights in, um, in justice and and also a, a God who who cleans us and um, who delivers us from our sin. Um, Father, help us to be faithful, to walk with you, and to choose life. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.